0: thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow bandwidth the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today i'm your host david fern and we hope you enjoy this arrow production and please subscribe thanks hi and welcome to another episode of arrow bandwidth once again, I am joined uh, for a second week with my fantastic new co hosts I think uh, Richard's got some serious trouble in his hands. Mr. Lorcan Murphy and Mr. Alex Tyhouse. Thank you I once again. Much appreciated for coming back a second week in a row. Um, so, so we ended last week's podcast on a cliffhanger is the only way I can describe it. We literally left our listeners with 99% security how, how, how do we do that? So, we have titled this podcast, Getting to 99% Security, and that is a, that is a, a, a firm promise from Lorcan. No, I'm kidding. I'm of course kidding. Of course kidding. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm of course kidding. 99% security. I'm sure it could be achieved for a very short period of time, but we're going to try and tell you practical ways of trying to get somewhere near it or somewhere in the region while also, of course, assuming breach. So,
1: it actually already brings up a funny point that if somebody promised you 100%
0: security, should you trust them? (laughs) Oh, that's a very, very good point. I'm going to go with the fact of uh, probably not, not unless they literally say, here is an air-gapped, off-the-network, totally patched, I don't know, DOS machine or, uh, you know.
2: I believe the Iranian nuclear power had 100% foolproof, and they were still (laughs) attacked.
1: And it's actually, uh, you, can, you can even bridge an air gap nowadays. By once, you, once you affect it, you can use the, the, the temperature sensors on the board in order to, to get information across that.
0: So, there you go, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys, very much. End of the podcast. Let's all go home. That's it. All right. So, wait, we're going to tell you how to get to maybe not 99%, maybe over 90%. We'll tell you to get 50%. Fifty Can we agree on 50%? Can we be half secure?
2: We'll get to the most secure.
0: Right, now. most secure you can be. Okay, so, so we're going to desperately try and <laughs> figure out exactly how we can get somewhere. Um, so, in all seriousness, the, the purpose of today's podcast is to try and talk about unified security. And you know, as, as Lorcan alluded to in the last podcast, it's not about those point products, those shiny boxes anymore. It's about a combination of. All of those things together, how they they communicate, how they essentially um, share information on on their state, on their state of attack, on what's going on. And then essentially how they work in unison um, to to fix and and to mitigate the problem as best they possibly can. Add to that, you know, quality services and and quality um, professional services to actually configure and, and make sure you're taking advantage of all the services as best we can. So without further ado... The question I'm going to pose to the two of you is, what is unified security? How does it work? Remembering, we're trying to keep this at a business user level. And what examples do we have of good deployments today? So what we try to do here
2: in Arrow, we try to sell a solution. We don't just look at a product. We don't just look at one fix. We look at the whole solution right across from your endpoint devices, your laptops, your Mac users, right across the peripheral to the cloud services, right across the board. We have solutions within our that can cover all those particular areas uh, and more, but that is probably the first point of call. The very first thing you need to do to secure your network is understand your network. Too many people do not understand their network. They haven't a clue. They believe they do, but until you actually discover that network... You cannot secure it.
0: Yep, that's a really good point. And
1: by, that, by the network, I, I assume you mean not just your physical network, but also your web servers, your application servers, exactly. everything everything around it.
2: Your mobile devices, phones, yep. what other, what are guests bringing in, plugging into your mm. network that you don't even know about. That is why I say you believe you know your <coughs> network, but because you've got users out there who plug wireless solutions into, their, into your network, you do not know what's going on unless you have a proper secure discovery method. Of so this is this is step devices. one,
0: but this is also something and I, I think this is one of the single so if we're starting on a very sort of where do you start from? That's a great start point, but I think it's always underestimated just how important it is to continuously mm. understand what's in your network because as you've just rightly said, people are plugging stuff in, rightly wrongly bringing things in from home, bringing devices, that Status that attack surface is, is constantly evolving, right? Oh, Correct. Yes,
1: yeah. Oh, And it used to be the case that you build a network and you can reasonably leave it alone for a couple of years, and after, the, after every year you do a refresh, whereas nowadays with this changing environment you need to be on top of this every week, every day. Every day, every week you need to do some checks to find out, well, what is going on yeah. today? Is it still the way it, I think it is? Has something changed? Have some new devices come online. What what are people doing now?
0: And obviously, if you don't do that, I'm guessing the risk is is huge, right? Because you could have all sorts of rogue devices, rogue access points, just about anything going on.
2: Correct. Yep. Massive, massive problem in this day and age where people are very, very <coughs> clever in what they can do, but most of it's actually accidental. It's plugging in an access point that thinking they were actually doing something good just to get their job done. And that's where your problem is. So other problems you might have is where s- somebody wants to work from home. Sending per- data across to Gmail account, for example. Yeah. How would you protect users? Not Nine times out of ten, it's educating that user. But sometimes you actually have to block them down.
1: And a user doesn't even have to be on site anymore to, to do all kinds of damage to the, to the company. As you said, well, you can spread it to Gmail. But what happens if a user works from home and they are securely tunneled into the network? And using the tunnel, they can reach anything they would normally do within the environment. But at the same time, they are working from home. So they do go to Google, etc., yeah. using their own local connection. And they get infected via the local connection. And they are connected to the enterprise, so the enterprise gets infected
0: as well. And
1: you need to be aware of
0: that. So here's another question then on, on the note of that. Um, how was, so we have had a couple of podcasts so far. Um, the first two, actually, were on um, IoT. How's that affecting this? Because surely that must be exponentially increasing the attack surfaces every, if every single light bulb becomes part of the network.
2: Oh, sure, you're not reading the marketing. Eh? Marketing says Internet of Things are not going to be breached ever. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Don't you, Alex? Oh, yes, yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it, yeah, you absolutely got a right point. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, somebody told me about an attack which they pulled off via the front door security panel they infected the security panel or the system behind it. In some way, I don't know the details about it. But they, they infected just that front door <coughs> security panel, and thereby, via that, they jumped and jumped and jumped until they got to a sensible machine. Okay. So even your security
0: systems so, can work against you. And so. so once we've discovered what's on the network, right? we now have a, a good list of exactly what's where, and, and we've put some sort of context around it, because obviously that's really important as well. Um, without context, we don't know whether or not we're looking at a light bulb or the CEO's laptop. Um, and obviously, then we can assign some sort of sensible context, traffic pattern, whatever it could be. What's next? So, all right, I've got my, I've got my list of stuff. Where do I go from there?
1: I would say speak to your, your partners, speak to your vendors and say, well, these are the issues we're now dealing with. What can we do to start <coughs> blocking areas of how, how do we deal with certain types of problems?
2: You have to build that solution right across the board. So it's a very good point in the sense that you need to segment your network in in the first call. Separate your wireless network from your fixed network. Make sure nothing can be plugged in. If something is plugged in, you actually lock it down and make sure it can't go any further than where it actually is. That rogue device is a killer at the moment um, where people cannot control what has been plugged into their network whether that be a usb device plugged into your laptop for example right down to plugging in your phone just to charge it
0: yeah so i mean obviously we we mentioned in the last one about um about things like zero day attacks and um all that sort of stuff that goes on on people's laptops now if i've got this disparate network of stuff i know what it is Surely, there's got to be a better way of, of protecting from from attacks and things like that that go on on all these bits of stuff all over the place. I mean, for example, th- there isn't a piece of malware that can be installed per se on a light bulb, but it could certainly be taken over and used to attack other assets on the network. I mean, I'm guessing that there's no, you know, no AV provider is going to write me a, a sort of signature that, that finds and, and sort of deals with a light bulb's virus. What do we do? Yeah.
1: We do see that um, more and more solutions, um, as the, well as we as we just discussed, that you're not talking about just a product anymore, you talk about a solution. What we do see a lot more is that certain vendors have a lot of this kind of knowledge in-house. If you can get them involved in looking at your scenarios, and that might mean that them coming in for, for design discussions, but it also might mean that you're completely outsourcing these solutions to a cloud vendor or cloud provider, or a sort of hyper-solution whereby you rely on their knowledge. Mm. If you can do that, that means that you don't have to worry about certain pieces of it, and you don't have to scale up yourself on anything. And normally, if you scale yourself up into 25 different areas, you will lose out on all 25, whereas if you can delegate it off to one of these vendors.
0: Yeah, you said cloud provider. I mean, give us an example of what are, what a cloud, what layer in that sort of um, onion of security that you described earlier on. Would um, or in, in sorry last week? What layer would the cloud providers? So so first and foremost, what do we mean by cloud provider? I'm guessing we're not re- we're not determining sort of infrastructure as a service or platform as a service. I'm guessing we're talking about specific um, security cloud services. And if we are, what give us some examples? Um,
1: to give to give you an example of of a cloud provider, well, you do actually have it on
0: all the levels that you
1: need. Um, coming back to a discussion we had last week on uh, on DDoS mm-hmm. systems. You now have cloud providers that what they ask you is route all the traffic via our data center. We will check all the traffic for known patterns, known bad IP addresses, known bad users, and particular users that, for example, would click on the same link 25 times per second. We will scrub out all the bad traffic and just give the clean information through to your data center or to your application. That's a cloud solution that would deal with your DDoS issues.
2: And not only that, you're passing it on to the expert. These guys are doing it every day. So exactly. you are now benefiting from their expertise. So you don't have to have your in-house expertise to cover a DDoS attack. Rely on the experts that mm. are out there. Rely on their skills. Rely on their technology. And that can actually... De- Help you defend it. But you can also, the cloud services are also looking for those bot armies that we referred to last week as well. They know about these bot armies, a lot of them already. So they actually have come up with a marketing term that I've actually heard is the minus zero day protection. What that actually means is if a bot network is known out there, no matter what the traffic is going to it, they will try to block that traffic. This is all done in the cloud on your behalf if you sign up to these technologies and they will actually give you that protection. So you have this minus zero-day protection
0: for those zero-day attacks. So, but, I mean, I'm guessing it's, as, as we said uh, a few times last week, look, it's cat and mouse, though, isn't it? Because I'm guessing as soon as the um, service provider, whoever's providing this sort of filtering service, blocks it, they'll change the IP addresses they're coming from or mask them or various other technologies, techniques. I mean, who's winning? Well, the, The great thing is that you can
2: actually benefit from other people out there that will all give their services up to the cloud services. What happens then is if there is an attack out there and it's discovered by the unfortunate first person to go that as soon as it's discovered, it's propagated across their database for that protection. So you as the next person to go to that gets that protection of the first person who's actually gone there. And it's actually
1: the, m- most of these v- vendors and these providers are also to- exchanging this kind of information with each other so that if you ha- if one of them has been affected or one of them has picked it up, they will spread it out to anybody who uses the same database. So and there's a bit of
0: a community sort of yeah. uh, spirit then. Yep,
1: and I, 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 I think at that moment you, you go from, well, you just got one IT guy in a local company that needs to deal with all this stuff. You go to a community of security personnel Mm. that can deal on it wi- on your behalf
0: so we've got ddos protection and that to me sounds like something that not just benefits from being in the cloud but actually fundamentally could only really sit in the cloud because you don't want to touch in your data center you don't want to come anywhere near your firewalls or your routers you just want some nice filtered traffic so that sounds that's brilliant but i mean what else is there so what other services uh, c- sort of come from the cloud before we start to go back into the layers inside the data center what, what else is in the cloud So spam,
2: everybody knows about spam. spam. The spam email, it's the greatest thing ever. No, it's not. It's the biggest pain ever, obviously, (laughs) of course. I've heard, I've recently read a particular piece of uh, data i don't know how true it is i'd like to double check it myself but 90 percent of emails out there are spam emails
0: that does not surprise me Ma- so yeah that's got to be true because of the volume that they send
2: could you imagine your services at your data center dealing with 90 percent of email that's coming in true that is actually complete and rubbish you will actually fall over it is a denial of service attack yeah. it's a different type of denial of service attack in this case maybe it's your exchange server for example is trying to shut down so this is where the cloud services can benefit of from you as well. They can clean all that spam out in the cloud before it touches any of your resources. So yeah. your service works the way it's supposed to and obviously delivers the email to your employees quickly and efficiently.
0: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So, so spam, DDoS protection?
1: Uh, web application firewalling.
0: Okay, so w- it's what's uh, that?
1: It's web application firewalling. is We're well, we, we familiar with firewalling where we, we look for specific traffic streams and block a stream if we think we don't like it. What you have a lot more nowadays is everybody's working over uh, web traffic, HTTP and secure HTTPS traffic. You can't block certain streams within that using your legacy firewalling. What you need is somebody who sits behind a machine and looks for all kinds of traffic patterns within that to, to realize that, well, what is actually this particular user looking for? Is he looking for one particular website and one particular PDF I might have on my machine? Or is he, is he sneakily trying to add a database attack within his request, which for a firewall looks perfectly legitimate? And uh, You need to build a rule base of all kinds of, of rules that can actually pick up on all these kind of different types of attack again, or these attack factors. And when traffic flows through your firewall, it can then pick up and say, well, maybe this is actually something that's going wrong. You can do this on site, but that means that you need to spend quite a bit of time on understanding your traffic, understanding what kind of attacks are out there. If you can, again, leverage this community of security resources w- that actually deal with this database of known attacks for you, you can let let them in the cloud do the security for you.
0: Okay. Cool. So, I mean, let's come back into the into the data center for a minute. So it sounds like the the cloud is a a great way of of dealing with some layers. And as you say, it's run by the experts, it's run by the vendors, they get what they're doing, they've got all the expertise. And also, um, it sounds like they're sort of sharing and proliferating information with each other to to ensure that you're as up-to-date as you possibly can be. So come back into the data center. We have discovered everything we need, everything we have on our network at that point in time. We then need to start to, okay... We've implemented some cloud services to deal with DDoS mitigation and, and things like that. What's what's the next layer down? So I'm inside my, I'm behind my firewall, quote unquote. You know, but how about um, you know? Ha, ha, what's the next layer down? What what do I need to do with all or the next layer up from the core?
2: Well, because you're dealing with the cloud, the cloud tries to strip out as much rubbish or as much as tax as possible. They cannot cover everything. So one. Educating the users is key point, but even after that, you've got to make sure, if it is being attacked, that that attack doesn't spread right across your network. So this comes back to the segmenting your network to make sure it is only mm. relevant certain departments. That can be as straightforward as an internal firewall, for example, to separate your finance department from your sales department, for example. But right down to locking down rogue devices that are actually being plugged into your network, or a rogue app that's actually being emailed across right across your organization. So how do you actually block those apps being launched? Well, this is where application control comes into your, for example, on your desktop. If you have application control, which will actually stop that application being launched in the first place, you actually protect the rest of the organization. Even though that one PC may be, Attacked and vulnerable, mm-hmm. it leads, locks it down to so no one else within your organization. But actually, comes back to the other point of: don't click on a link that you don't understand that's been emailed to you. it Doesn't make sense if the CEO sends you an email with all the financial details in it, and he doesn't normally do that. Please don't click on it. It's not something you should be doing.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's, sure, we're, we're laughing around the table here, but it sounds like really simple things. But you know, at the end of the day. I've seen you'll be you'll be surprised how yeah. many
1: how many people get an email and say click here for free money, and they know full well that it's a scam, and yet yeah, but
0: what if it isn't? No, it is a scam. Don't click it. So yeah, yeah, here's but, the thing. Yeah,
1: but let's click on it anyway.
0: So here's the thing, right? I've uh, I've had a link. I like the idea of free money. That sounds good to me. That sounds really good. I click on it. Turns out it, it's malware, and I'm pretty sure I've been affected. Um. I don't want to tell anyone because I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose my job because it sounds really stupid. You know, I clicked on a piece of malware. Everyone's always told me not to and blah, 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 blah. How can the business deal with that type of situation? How can the business deal with, so I've got something on my PC. It's doing bad things. I can't see it. I don't want to tell anyone that I think I might have installed some some malware. What What's, what's the sort of mitigation? How, how can an enterprise deal with... Do you know what? Yeah. Alex, you've always got a great phrase of, how, how can an enterprise deal with layer 8? <laughs> layer 8 being?
1: Yeah, layer 8 being uh, the user, or yeah. in other words, the, the interface between the keyboard and the chair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so come on, how, so, um, how do we deal I, with it? I, th-
1: I think it, it, you're exactly picking up on an issue that will, be, it has been extremely difficult to deal with, it, especially if, well, as you say, quite rightly so, people don't want to flag up that they've made an error. They, it's well, why yeah, why put yourself in even more bother? But it is exactly what they need to do. Assuming that they don't do it, um, it's actually we're now moving into a new field, uh, especially where you come towards uh, software-defined networks. And that is that if you have in a classic network a hundred machines together, and one of them has been affected, this can very easily spread to everything else. And that's exactly what you want to avoid. Going towards uh, software-defined data centers, software-defined networks, we now can have a new system called micro-segmentation. What this does is the system, the network itself, puts up a firewall around every single machine. And this firewall can check on on as many levels as you want. It can look on a normal network traffic as it would normally do from a firewall perspective, but it can also pick up on... What kind of applications are you running? What kind of traffic patterns do you normally see? Are you doing something out of the ordinary? As soon as it pick ups, picks up on something that it doesn't normally see and it doesn't behave to normal traffic patterns, it can then immediately block it off. Either just block off the stream or block off the whole machine. And say, well, this machine has potentially been infected. Let me disconnect it from the network.
0: So essentially what you're saying is it can that there's a system in place where it can start to, it has a baseline of this is what's normal. This is what normal traffic looks like. And all of a sudden you start to do something, or sorry, not not you, your PC. The malware starts to do something. It tries to access systems that you wouldn't normally try to access. It tries to send large quantities of emails or whatever. It it can look at that and say that's unusual. So there's no need for anyone else to get involved. The system fully automated sort of... um, Detection yep. and mitigation based on pure analysis of the traffic.
1: Correct. Yeah, you're coming Perfect. back to step one again where you need to know what you're normally dealing with. Yeah, You need to know your network. But once you have that, it can indeed recognize that, hold on, I'm now seeing traffic out of the ordinary. Let me deal with this. So it's not and just
0: what's on your network, it's what your network looks like. Establishing that baseline of this is normal. Correct. Well, yep. Good.
1: Yep. And this
2: is where um, product CM products might come into play as well. CM CM basically is a log server that collects your logs from multiple vendors, multiple devices. And if it sees a baseline that actually peaks, you can actually act on that. So if it sees the ordinary is actually working along quite normal and then suddenly you're seeing the the baseline uh, escalates on a particular situation, perhaps it's trying to access certain files, for example, this is where CM will come into play and actually help you as a engineer to understand the technology that has been attacked and you can then obviously react to that rather
0: okay. yep. so i mean i suppose this this brings us neatly on to um the ultimate sort of uh the ultimate goal which is unified security which is all these little um, things we've spoken about the cloud um the firewalls the ips ids systems the intrusion protection intrusion detection um all of these systems working in harmony, sharing each other's states, sharing information about what they've discovered, and being able to essentially unify a single security. Alex is sitting across, smiling and looking at me like I've gone insane. Some sort of there are a lot of arm movements going on now, listeners. A lot of arm movements. Um, massive security, sort of AI, almost to start to sort of really genuinely bring mitigation. Yeah, no. Like, have I literally lost the plot? Have I gone off Skynet today? Today, you know. No, I think you're you're, you're, you're straight on.
1: Um, I think in the next five years, there's going to be a lot of changes coming, uh, both within the data center, but also within the workplace. Um, a lot of things can now get automated, including security. You can the, the systems can deal with security a lot quicker than you can as a user. Yeah. You're on lunch. My system is never on lunch. <laughs>
0: The word you're looking for is especially security can be automated. So, I mean, what is the central point for, for security automation? Would it, be this, would it be the SIM? Would it be, you know, is the SIM more the dashboard? Is that where we're going to see the sort of amalgamation of all this information go in to, to provide that automation? Or is, it, is there something else out there? Or
1: we, uh, If you look towards uh, software-defined networking, software-defined environments, um, you, you do start to see a lot of this amalgamation happening. Where you have systems that uh, you, uh, you have systems like uh, VMware, OpenStack, the systems that can virtualize your computing power, but it can now also also virtualize your storage, but it can also virtualize your networking and more specifically your security. Your security, you let, you you block, uh, plug it all into one big management console, and uh, let via the management console you as a, as a user can then manage all these aspects.
0: But obviously this is a, this is available in the physical world as well. You know, I'm guessing that exactly the same technologies mm. exist. It's just probably easier to implement and slightly more succinct and quicker on the, in the software-defined world just by nature of software-defined versus physical. Oh, yes. But, um, but I mean, wh- where are we sort of for the guys who aren't near the software-defined world yet who still have that, I'm not going to say legacy-switch infrastructure, I'm going to say north-south-switch infrastructure? Um where are we with you know your classical sort of organisation who are who just want to basically have a a more hooked up approach to security?
2: Well, the great news is that we can have a like for like software defined network in the physical world, the north south. So we have NACs, for example, which is a network access control which will do what a software defined network can do, which is basically segment the network. Lock down anything that has potentially been infected. Mm-hmm. That micromanagement that Alex referred to earlier on can be done with an ACT device, for example, alongside products that can do. Um, I'm taking the likes of FireEye, for example, who can uh, take out potential bad data sandbox it for all potential words and see what actually that data is actually doing. See if it's bad, see if it's actually trying to access your registry network and lock down. And these all work combined together, partnerships between lots of vendors that actually work in this particular network, okay. particular state.
1: Yeah, if you, if you realize that if within your network you have one location where all the vulnerable data is going through, you can tap into that particular point and carry out all kinds of versions of all kinds of inspections.
0: Yeah. And I suppose, is that where sort of things like deep packet inspection would come in as well, or is that sort of higher in the stack just as a as a buzzword that seems to come out over and over again, specifically in the sort of software-defined world?
1: Correct, yeah. Yeah, the deep, deep packet inspection, and, and that's also where the web application firewalling comes in okay. that we talked about earlier. You can put it at, at the front of, of your environment, but you can also put it... Um, throughout your environment you don't have to have it in a very hierarchical way anymore (coughs) traffic can flow in in multiple ways throughout your environment you can tap in on multiple places at once
0: okay so as we did at the end of last one knowing what we now know knowing how sort of uh, complex this world is one top tip pragmatic start for an organization um To start to to build towards unified security, where where would you start?
2: Well, I'd say the very first thing you should do is contact us. Give us a show and we'll uh, come in and help you. Understand your network is the first key point. We have products that can do that and that will help you understand what you've got on your network. You may think you know and understand your network. I guarantee
0: you don't unless you've already got those products in place. Yeah. The Law can just yep. ticked the corporate box, so that <laughs> means Alex and I can be a lot more freestyle. Alex, <laughs> go for it.
1: Um I, I, I would agree though that well we, that's what we all started with is know your network. And don't be on your own with this. There is a large community of, of security specialists out there. Of course we are here and we got a large team of people but there's there's many people out there that can help with all the different aspects.
0: Awesome. Well mine do you know what mine would be Having listened to all you guys, having listened to a lot of um, lots of different information sources on the internet would be think about, you know, if you're going to implement these sort of technologies, almost build to unification. Think about if you're building new technologies or buying new technologies today, think about how they're going to work with each other in the future. Um, and and even though you may only be able to afford or you may only be able to pragmatically introduce one new technology at a, at a particular phase in, in an implementation Think about how that technology is going to talk to what you have today, how it's going to sort of understand what you have today and how it's going to talk to things in the future. So you can always build towards that sort of unified, multi sort of collaborative architecture. That's probably my my single pragmatic tip. And obviously that allows me to say, start anywhere. Hey, you know, all good. All good.
2: And you're quite right there, David. Um, Well, I will say there is. Budget. You mentioned budget there. Like there is a cost that will associate with all these security defenses, but we do have defenses there that will fit every single budget. Whether that be a cloud service, for example, or a small little appliance that can sit inside your network and actually control it. So, again, I suggest talk to your partners that play in this particular area that will help you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I would say don't don't forget about your classic security as well. It still plays a a very important part. It's just not everything anymore. There's much more to it.
0: Well said, well said. And on that bombshell, um, that's another 30 minutes of of your listeners' ears and lives uh, taken up listening to uh, Arab Bandwidth. So once again, it leaves me to say thank you very, very much to our special co-host guests, Lorcan and Alex. Thank Once you. again, your, uh, your producer for today has been Hannah Jenny. My is David Fern, and this has been an Arrow production. Thank you very much, and uh, see you next week. Cheers, goodbye.